0: Welcome into this week's edition of the Quarterback Room. My name is Jerry Hamilton, joined as always by Rod Babers. Hey, Rod, I think Houston Lamar is still in the playoffs. I, hey, I, I, I believe they undefeated. undefeated. I, I think so too. Eleven and zero. Big, big, big season for the uh, uh, Lamar Redskins. There. Hey, but we got a big show today. First, we don't have a sponsor for the show, but if we did, it would be Manscapes. It'd be, it'd be the long <laughs> five Okay, just for those people that. Like the old manscape reads. I'm not going to do the read, but it should be. Um, Ron, we're going to talk about Steve Sarkeesian's press conference. We're talking about when and how Texas will attack Iowa State. Then we're going to hit on Rocco Bet and how just him as a quarterback, his progression, what uh, Iowa State will try to do against Texas because they have some offensive line issues on the right side against Texas coming Saturday. Then we're going to close it out by talking about the Big 12 quarterbacks. Where would we rank these guys? Who's our player? Who's our quarterback of the year? First team, all those sorts of things like that. Uh, so, Rod, let's get into it, though. Sark's press conference today. You know, look, we had to find something to talk about with press uh, Sark's PC today because the team is pretty healthy. Catalan's mm-hmm. practicing, right? I mean, other than J- uh, Jonathan Brooks' season-ending injury, Christian Jones, all these guys are practicing. Keelan Robinson all week, so. Uh, the health of the team, Sark said. Quinn's been fine all week in practice, as you'd expect him to say. But one thing that <laughs> Sark brought up today was headset communication, mm-hmm. and he took the opportunity to kind of go off as much as you will in a press conference uh, because everything's taught. Every the what well, his point was: what are we talking about in college football right now? Michigan, yes, what they did was wrong, but I spend half of my week changing signals every week instead Mm -hmm. of coaching my team talk about sark's point and what your thoughts are because i do think this is all going to lead to headset communication with the the quarterbacks
1: yeah i mean obviously it's a big topical conversation but it's such a stupid scam it's such a stupid controversy and no trust i'm not trying to justify what jim harbaugh did I am essentially trying to further indict the NCAA and their antiquated old school ways and beliefs. There's no reason for you talking about at least major college football to not have this headset communication technology. It's been in the NFL for decades at the highest levels of high school football, <laughs> they're using this. Matt Rule talked about it as well, and mm-hmm. I'm glad Sark brought up the time that's wasted trying to code your plays and yes. trying to uh, try to put in um, different methods of misinformation with your uh, with your signs as well, so that the opponents who are trying to steal your signs, so that you don't make their job easier. It is just it's a it's a fuster cluck, guys. It really is. <laughs> that's why Sark, who's been in the NFL. He he knows how silly it is cuz he's right. been in the NFL he's and done. he's had the he headset communication he's like oh man this is how it is we're wasting hours and by the way you're wasting time and if the NCAA only allows you a certain amount of time Right to practice with the team and to meet with them. And you got to waste time about trying to define basically with your players trying to define what the signals are and what these different messages mean with the plays. And if the NFL, it's all about, hey man, I'll just call the play to you. You get the play. Boom. You I'll give you two plays. You kill one play and then you can run the other, whatever it may be. And even Matt Rule talked about how it's hurting quarterback development. Yes. In the NFL. That's, and this is a guy also that's been. I thought that was, was a great
0: point by Matt Rule, Rod. Yeah.
1: Because he's like in, in the NFL, they don't do that, right? You don't have to. You don't have to. In, you have to encode all of your plays into different, you know, images and then different hand signals. They don't have to do all that. He said, and it kind of stunts the development of the quarterbacks once they get to the NFL. Because in the NFL, that's not how they learn, all right. And the quarterbacks learn differently than they do in college, or it's taught differently. I should say than it is in college, and it's really causing a bit of a kind of something being lost in translation. Between that, and he thinks it's just silly, and it is silly. The, the NCAA,
0: and it is silly because yeah. you know what spark said: we have plenty of money. You money. know, it's like when the coach comes out and says, "It ain't about the dollars, man." That's just what I'm saying. Get this done. What are we doing here? Get it right, man. Get it
1: right. Yeah.
0: Get it right. I'll
1: I think the Michigan scandal will cause the NCAA or at least the conferences on their own. Um, I mean, E. Hogan had a great idea. You know, the Big Ten and these SEC major conferences. Hell, Brett Yarmar could do it. He's a very progressive uh, conversation. They They should enact a you know a a a certain um you know different bylaw whatever they should change the bylaw and they should decide headset communication is the rule of law going forward on their own and see if the ncaa will decide that they you know want to intervene if not then hey you know what this conference can be progressive even if the ncaa is not because it may be a monetary issue for the lower tier programs Maybe true, they don't true. have the money. That's okay. But for any program that's in the Power Five or upper tier group of five, as you as you point out, Jerry and Sark pointed out, it is not about money. And no. NCAA, honestly, they should pay for it. Truth to yes. be told, to try
0: to because yes. it's about it's, it's it's about it's about the integrity of the game. Wait, 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 wait! If, aren't we educating quarterbacks doing this? We're in education, <laughs> right? But, but, no, Jerry, if it's about competitive balance, Yes, right, and when we're talking about the
1: integrity of the game, and that's at stake, NCAA, you should fit the bill. This should yes. be on you because this is about competitive balance and everybody should be competing on the same plan when it
0: comes to this headset com- communication. And, look, if, if the end result of that is a bunch of coaches doing this the whole game, I'm fine with that. That's better than set, seven different colored shirts on the sidelines and signs everywhere. <laughs> right. and, I mean, it's <laughs> – I mean it's 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 I don't know it's, it's beyond crazy at this point. Yeah. All right, let's move on though. Um Iowa State, the uh would you say he's the inventor of the three high? Is it, I mean he's is, one of founding fathers? He's one of I, the founding fathers, no doubt. He's one of the founding fathers, right? Yeah. He was at the table. Um, so look, uh, it's been well documented by you. Texas difference under Sarkeesian, uh, uh offensively versus the three high and versus mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Um I'm not so worried about the cold weather, um, being on the road necessarily. It's gonna be ru- it's gonna be a loud environment, but yeah, just sure. getting past that. What is Quinn Texas facing in this Iowa State defense and their three high? Now that you've watched them, because they're not as good up front and they're not as good at linebackers. Some of Campbell's best teams there mm-hmm. are part, mm-hmm. part of it due to the gambling issues. But what have you seen from this Iowa State defense, and what do you think the challenges are going to be for Quinn and Sark and the Texas team Saturday? Yeah, they're
1: just they're an assignment sound group, right? They're assignment sound. They don't. It's not a lot of gimmies. It's not a lot of cheat plays. And Sark sometimes, because of the nature of his offense, it's an amalgamation. I'll call it a gumbo of different cheat codes he can often sometimes kind of overload the circuitry of the defense and then you get a coverage bust Cause there's yeah. so much going on the pre stat motion the misdirection, the play action pass. And then you get a guy that's eyes in the wrong place or, you know, busted coverage, bad communication. You may, I don't think you get that what I will say. Like I said, they're really assignment sound group. DBs. I like, I think that's my, I think that's the, the strength of the defense,
0: in my opinion. I do too. Because the corners backfield. and safeties—they have the kid from that Cooper yes. kid, the safety from Texas, picking off passes back there. No doubt. I
1: think El Paso is the he's yeah. from, right? Yeah. Uh, Jeremiah Cooper—he leads the Big 12 in interceptions. Uh, Bo Frailer who's basically a—he's a linebacker. They got playing safety. He's one of those hybrids, so right. he basically is a run defender from the coming from the third level. Which is actually kind of key to the three high because that's what throws off a lot of the the run blocking. Cause they have defenders coming from the third level in their run fits. As I always say with the three high, just because there are six guys in the box doesn't mean they're just six guys in the fit. They can right. have eight guys in the fit. they They're just coming from different angles and from different levels. Iowa State does that as well as anybody. And that throws off the blocking assignments, right? You think, oh, I got this guy. Oh, maybe I don't have this guy. Oh, man, I got another guy. He's coming from the second level. I picked him up late or I didn't pick him up. I missed him. That's how those guys come slicing in to make plays in the running game. Um, so I like Bo Fraley. He's a really good player. Um, Malik, they got really good. Big DBs. right just yes. come down for the run force. Uh Malik Burden is 6'4, 225. Bo Frailer's 6'2, 220. Um, Jeremiah Cooper, uh, he's by he's six foot one eighty. TJ Tampa, who's one of their best, maybe the best in terms of upside NFL upside right. DB. They have he's 6'2", 200. So they got some size with their DBs because they use their defensive backs up in run force a lot. I think that's important to John Haycock. Uh, but I like they're number ninth in the country in pass efficiency defense. Coach Aquina. When he was playing at Texas, you know, there are a lot of stats out there that you can bring up as a defensive back coach. The one that he swore by was pass efficiency defense. And that's the one that he would actually bring up in the DB meeting room. And he's like, "Now, nah, guys, this this to me, I think it is a really good tool to evaluate a really good overall secondary. Um, because it's just a mal- it's just it's, it's a it's basically a cumulative stat of a lot of different stats in the secondary, but they they're ninth. So they're considered pass efficiency rise, one of the better defenses in all of college football. They got 60, 60 passes defended. That's fourth most in college football. They get their hands on a lot of balls.
0: Six a game. Right.
1: Six a game. Yeah. yeah, they get their hands on a lot of footballs, guys. Um, and they, they have 15 interceptions. So some of they actually end up uh forcing takeaways, but that's one of the strengths is that they're really active in the secondary, man. They're written. I think that's the strength of the team. And I don't know if Texas wants to necessarily just throw at this secondary, but obviously the problem is no Jonathan Brooks. So you're not going to have a consistent right. running game necessarily. And you may have to depend on the passing game to be a, in terms of being a pass-first team, which Sark has no problem with being a pass-first team, by the way. No, but no. against Iowa State, that's actually going up against their strength. Uh, one of the other things I saw about the Iowa State defense, they don't give up a lot of explosive plays in the running game. They've only, they've only allowed four, count them, four rushes of
0: 20-plus yards. That's it. They're, this they're is a 10-play drive. You have to execute. They make you execute for seven, eight, nine, ten 10 plays El- to score Exactly right, there Yep, that's exactly right. Discipline and assignment sound. Yep, and that's what it's going to be. Uh, that's what's going to be uh, on the plate of Texas and Quinn. Uh, wh- what do you think, though, pass rush-wise? Not a strength of theirs, right?
1: No, no, they're not a – that's not and what that's They, they have to be run.
0: sound, right? They have to be yeah. sound in every other position because they can't really affect you with a three-man front rushing the quarterback.
1: Yep, totally agree. They would have to manufacture a pass rush with either blitzing or with some, you know, some simulated pressure, some zone blitzes. <clears throat> they, and they could do that. They've shown the ability to do that. But yeah, that's not a strength of theirs. Like their strength actually is pass coverage. Now, we say that, and it begins Texas. They haven't faced a team with the weaponry of Texas either. Right. Hey, that's you the thing. Man. <laughs> So we say this, but hey, when you see Texas, you know, everybody's got a plan to so get punched in the mouth, and Texas. With the pass game, with their weapons, they will punch you in the mouth. And, you know, I remember Ian Boyd brought something. I thought it was a great point. And he's like, you know, I don't know if Texas is, you know, a really overall great, complete offense. He said, but they have explosive, explosive play potential at any yes. given moment. Yes. And that's really what they rely on. That's how they win the game. <laughs> well, by EZU. the way,
0: that's, that's it. Two wide receivers and the tight end in the passing game. Yeah. And I saying that's what- face two wides, and the tight this year, in the tie and the tight end, the passing game, like that.
1: Exactly, and think about it, this is this is why Texas they're still a prolific offense. Yet their red zone offense is bad. They're hundred like in the country in touchdown precision red zone. Uh, their uh, goal line offense ain't great either. Their short yardage offense ain't great. So how are they scoring all these points? Explosive plays. Yep. <laughs> they're explosive yes. offense, right? And they can't lose that element. Now that this will be tested against Iowa State because they don't give up a lot of explosive plays. So that's where I think, you know, the rubber meets the road, if you will, in this matchup, will Texas still be able to get those explosive plays? Because Texas isn't necessarily great on third down either, right? They're not elite on third down, not elite in the red zone. They're elite at producing explosive plays. And if they don't have that element, especially with Jay Brooks out, because he was a big part of that in the run game. So with no Jay Brooks, you lose some of your explosivity. Quinn being hurt, you lose a little bit of explosivity there. How explosive are you going to be? Because if you're not explosive in this game, then I think a lot of the other areas where Texas struggles may be exacerbated.
0: Uh, That's Rod Babers. I'm Jerry Hamilton. You're listening to the quarterback room here on On Texas Football. All right, let's move to Rocco Beck, uh, son of Anthony Beck, really, really good tied in the NFL level. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Rocco Beck, the quarterback, first-year starting quarterback out of Iowa State from the Tampa area. They had to accelerate his growth with Hunter Deckers being a part of the gambling issue there in Ames. So they've had to accelerate his growth, which meant early season inconsistencies and struggles. But he's played better in the last three, four games as yes, he's gotten yeah. more comfortable, okay? And yep. he and he's seen more things. The, the game's probably slowing down a little bit, but it's just he's seeing more things. Uh, but, Rod.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
0: Their offensive line is going to have issues against Texas. Their right guard looked like a swinging gate too much to me against BYU. I, I, they have to move the pocket a lot, and they're and they're doing that against BYU. Yeah. So what are they thinking when they're watching the Texas film? Whoa. I mean, you know, they're gonna have they have to move the pocket, and they're gonna have to keep Rocco on the move. Because the longer the, – and the more snaps and the longer he's just sitting in the pocket, I don't think that's good for Iowa State.
1: Yep, or getting rid of the ball very quickly, right? Yep. Getting rid of football quickly, which is also something Texas should understand they have to do. But we saw TCU do it. We saw BYU do it, right, try to move that pocket a little bit because it's just so hard trying to straight-up block Texas. You like to just cut the field in half, force those de- defensive linemen to chase and run a little bit, and then you can open things up for your quarterback, give them a little bit of room, um, run some flood routes, uh, run some of those kind of half-field reads for your quarterback. But if your quarterback can throw on the run, even better. And you're right, they're going to have to do that. And Rocco can throw a little bit on the run. Rocco's a lot yeah. bit more mobile and people will give him credit for. He didn't have rush, rushing QB stats. But I've seen him make plays uh, with his legs. He's leg. functional. He's functional. Yes. Yeah. He has functional mobility. But I'm with you, Jerry. He has improved. Okay. So I'll give you a couple of stats. In the month of August and September, we're talking about the first month of the season, first four or five games, he's averaging, he got a 60% completion percentage and nine touchdowns, five interceptions. It was seven, a little over seven yards per attempt. In the month of November, just the month of November, he's had two games, I believe, month of November. We're up to uh, 71.4% completion percentage. So from 60 to 71, that's big, from 7.1 yards per attempt in the first month of the season in November. Now, these, are, these aren't these are the stats the entire season, just in right. the month of November right. to show, like Jerry said, he's getting better. Um, 8.6 yards per attempt in the month of November, four touchdowns, only one interception. He had nine touchdowns, five interceptions early on. So smaller sample size, but it's clear. The light's starting to go off for the young man. He's starting to become a lot more comfortable. Even Jade Barron said, it. I saw Jay yeah. Barron's comments. Jade Barron said, Yeah, you can see he's starting to get comfortable. Uh they are he's starting to basically assume control of the
0: offense. You can see great. that, it's right? That's a great term for it. Assume um, control and, offense.
1: Yes, and he's getting and I, and, and, by the way. I like two of his receivers. I, I do like, I, I, I like Jaden Higgins, and I like Jay. We remember Jalen Noel from last year, actually. Yeah, he running hot
0: body time. type, running back body yes. type. Right? Yes. yes.
1: Very much so. Like that. And Jay Niggas, both those guys are top 10 in the Big 12 in receiving yards per game. So they're, they're relatively productive. Now, they don't have a prolific offense, 77th in points per game, yeah. passing offense. I think they're 78th. They're, they're not prolific at all. But I do think they have the ability to make some plays. They slow it down. They're 120th in the country in plays per minute. So they want to slow it down choke the clock. What they want to do against Texas is convert, convert, yes. convert, convert. If they convert, they keep the football Texas offense and keep them off the field. And that's what they did last year. That's how they almost beat Texas. Jerry, you know they were 9 of 15 on third down conversions last year. They the were only way 7- you're doing
0: that is if you're third and short.
1: No, no, actually, no. That's a crazy 30, point. 40,
0: Were they third and mediums?
1: They were 7 of 10 on third and long.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. 7 of 10. That's why and he's wrong favorite stat. Oh, man.
1: Bro, and I went back and watched the game uh, early this week because I got no life. And I went back uh, and watched the game, right? And it was amazing. Basically, what I found is that – they, they they are the first ones to expose Texas in those targets to bunch formations. They used bunch formation probably as much as anybody that I've seen against Texas last season. I went back and looked at my notes. They were 6 of 10 on third down conversion. Now, different quarterback, obviously, different personnel, but Matt Campbell is still the same offensive head coach there. They were 6 of 10 on third down conversions last year when targeting bunch formations. Five of those were third and long. They were... They were four or five on third down conversions last year, targeting inside breaking routes, which has also been an issue for Texas this season. Yep. And they were three of three on third and long targeting inside breaking routes. They made Hunter Decker's job a whole lot easier with inside breaking routes and targets to bunch formation. And what have I been complaining that Texas has had an issue with the last four games? targets to bunch formation, and defending inside breaking routes and inside leverage we talked yep. about. That. So just so you know, you're going to see that game plan again because it worked really well versus Texas. They're an Xavier Hutchinson top drop touchdown away from losing to Iowa say last year or Jalen Ford interception in the red zone yep. or Anthony Cook forced fumble. It's like three plays pretty much decided that game, but it was a brilliant game plan by Matt Campbell.
0: And the other thing you're going to add to it, they're going to be, they're going to throw it in the screen game, wide receiver screen game. I think Saturday, because Texas is going to be so tough for them to block. And they know Texas is going to be playing on their side of the line of scrimmage. What do Mm -hmm. you do? You do what K state did. And you saw K state do it successfully. You're going to play an attack in the screen game. You're going to welcome Ethan Mm Burke and Baron Sorrell up that field. And you're going to drop that wide receiver screen game in there a little bit as well. All right, Rod, uh, we're going to close out this week. Uh, with, let's take a look at the Big 12 quarterbacks uh, and t- see what the rankings are. All right, here we go.
1: Let's do it.
0: Dylan Gabriel, number one, obviously that that's a, you know yards per game, completion percentage is way up there, right? I think he leads the conference in all of it. Um, yards yep. per attempt, I believe he's also number, tied with John Reese Plumley, number one, who they were catching balls in the rain on Oklahoma State last week, like it was unbelievable. Um, <laughs> But uh, let, let, let's talk about this. I mean, where where do we see Rocco back there? He's moved up the list. He's up to six, right? I mean, he's ahead of Blake Shapen, right? I mean, he's ahead of Keaton Slovis. He's a guy who's come on, uh, like you said, the second half yeah. of the year, especially like the last three games. Uh, you also see the Texas Tech guys way down at the bottom, which we'll talk about that next week. Uh, but look, if we're handing out our Big 12 uh, first-team offense quarterback, I think we're probably both going to agree on who it is right now. It's it's Dylan
1: Gabriel, yeah. it just says a production, uh, overall, like you said, every statistical category he's leading again. there really is no competition in that respect. If I'm just going off, you know, I test plus productivity and stats, uh, you know, Quinn is the, you know, to me, the second, he's obviously the second best, but I would take him as my top quarterback. If we're just going off upside and potential Correct. and all that kind of stuff too. But yeah, I'll give Dylan Gabriel's flowers. There's no doubt. If we're just taking it, if we frame the conversation, as to who would you take ahead of basically Rocco Beck? Well, how many quarterbacks in the big cover better than a, Rocco? That's Becht. what I
0: was going to ask you. All right. Where does right. Rocco
1: fall? Dylan Gabriel's better. Quinn Ewers yep. is better. I'll take Quinn Ewers. Dunvin Smith. Take Donovan Smith as a veteran quarterback over Rocco Beck. Will Howard. yeah, Take Will Howard over Rocco Beck now. And now I think you're actually getting into some interesting territory here. Me too. After, after that group, you know, who else would you take above Rocco Beck? Would you take, you know, I mean, Alan Bowman? Would you take? Hell, we haven't I, seen I'd him. probably
0: take Blake Shapen because he was hurt this year. I would take him over Beck. Uh, Alan Bowman's interesting, right? I mean, um not a high completion percentage guy, yeah. very experienced guy. Here's a question. Rocco Beck and Josh Hoover. That's why I wanted to bring this up. Oh, yeah, that was good. I, I man, we told you starting quarterbacks for a second week in a row here.
1: Man, does Rocco Bett have a Savion Williams? That's the question. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> no, he does not. That helps, Jerry. That helps a lot. I think Hoover's the more upside talented player. I right? probably would take Hoover right now. I like
1: Rocco Bett. First of all, his name is awesome. He's got a great it's football awesome. name, it's a yeah. good football name. You know, he's got a football dad. Uh, but yeah, I think Josh Hoover, I, I think he does have a higher upside. And But I will say that Rocco Beck's developmental rate, he might be right now on track or ahead of Josh Hoover a little bit. Because Josh Hoover is still making some critical mistakes and critical. We saw it in the Texas game early yes. on, right? Yes. Um, Rocco Beck isn't. Now, this is a different offense, too, right? This offense isn't as high risk and doesn't pass as it's past happy. I mean, you know, Josh Hoover's throwing it 50 times a game, something like that right uh you'll never they, i think uh right now rocco beck is throwing it, he's throwing it around 25 26 times per game somewhere around that so very different offenses but i would say in terms of developmental rate I, I think right now rocco beck may be ahead of josh Hoover. josh Hoover has higher upside no question
0: correct correct yeah all right and we're going to end the show with this because since we brought up dylan gabriel well, I, i'm hearing that he may come back next year it looks like he's going to try to come back next year What would that mean for five-star true freshman Jackson Arnold, though? I'll tell you what, I was on the road earlier this week and uh, ran into somebody pretty close to that. And I'll say this, if Dylan Gabriel were to come back to Oklahoma next year, I'm not sure it's a lock. Jackson Arnold's back. And I'm not trying to start a rumor. I'm just talking about what I was told, that that would be a decision that would have to be made um, so that that's that puts Brent Venables in an interesting position, Rod. Because you're moving to the SEC. Dylan Gabriel, there's Jackson Arnold, five star in the last class. Dylan Gabriel, tons of experience. Tons yeah. of experience in that system. Would you rather go into the SEC with the guy in year six, seven? I don't remember. Or would you or would you rather go with Jackson Arnold, man, for the future? But it, that's a it's a tough if it was the Big 12 one more year. It's an easy decision to go Jackson arnold is it not? Yeah, that's that man, that is
1: tough. That's a hell of a conundrum to be in. Okay, so this is this is my pitch. First of all, we'll see how good of a salesman Brent Villa is. Yeah. This is about the sales pitch that he's gonna give this young man about staying on campus if Dylan Gabriel's indeed coming back. And I also think I connected to the Quinn Yours story, uh, that you guys had earlier yeah, yeah. outside Texas with Bobby Burton as well, where he you guys stated there's a there's a good high, very high percentage chance. That Quinn could come back to school now, yep. um, that maybe the, the tide has turned on that conversation as well. The only reason that that is even a possibility that Quinn is going to come back to school or will even entertain the notion is because of NIL, right? NIL makes a, they makes a lot of things possible, especially for Power 5 Blue Blood programs. Yep. There are things you can do now that back in the day were thought to be impossible, all right, because of NIL. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think this will be a test for NI for, for Oklahoma's NIL power and prowess.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You get to totally. offer that young man the bag of bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. And then, right. And explain to him like, listen, man, first of all, anything can happen in the season and we need you, right? We need depth at quarterback. Everybody does. Well, last year, only one quarterback, Hunter Deckers, made it through the entire season and started and finished every game.
0: Right? TC, you heard everybody they played. TC, you heard <laughs> all of them. <laughs> exactly,
1: dude. The NFL right now is already going through. 14 teams have gone through a backup quarterback. Dude, yeah. It's every level of football. You need your backup. Break the stats yes. down for the young man. Offer him the bag of bags, and then just let him know once Dylan Gabriel is gone that the program is, is his. He's the heir apparent. Um, but man, yeah. I, Nil. I think that's the only way to do. How did Texas keep Malik Murphy? That's I mean, right. not the only reason. It's Not the only reason. Right, right? but it's part of the reason. Right. How, you know, and, and the only re- part of the reason I think Quinn can entertain coming back is. Quinn also knows well. I'll be compensated. It won't be like I'll be taking a huge, huge loss. I'll get some money, you know, obviously through NIL when I come back to school Hey, maybe an unprecedented amount. I think it might it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, so I I think that will be the test. We'll see.
0: Yep, there you go. That's Rod Babers. I'm Jerry Hamilton, and that's been this week's edition of the Quarterback Room. Big game and aim Saturday. I I the more I've watched Iowa State the more I like Texas chances here because I think they're going to dominate the line of scrimmage, guys. All right, we'll see what happens Saturday. Uh, We'll be back with the uh, Longhorn live stream later today, uh, this afternoon. Uh, So, for Rod, this has been Jerry, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you in a few hours. Welcome.